0: In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, one of my detractors actually comes out and puts it in writing. He claims that my criticism of the sexual grooming of our first and second graders is akin to anti-Semitism and anti-black racism. He actually says it. I'll talk about this and more on today's rebellion. Good morning and welcome to today's Rebellion. Today's topic is the response that I've received from one of my critics. He actually wrote this as a comment to my most recent column in the Washington Times. It's one that I have already covered with you on this show. It's my article that I titled, Public Schools Are Grooming Your Children. You know, it's the one that I talked about yesterday and I talked about the subject or the topic last Friday. This is the article where I cover the fact that Oklahoma State University is promoting a drag queen story hour for children as young as two years of age on their campus. They're proud of it. In fact, they're making it part of their Pride 2022 celebration. And oh, by the way, other stuff that they're doing during their Pride 2022 celebration at Oklahoma State University is an event called Condom Bingo. Yeah, you heard that right. Now, I don't know that they're doing that with two-year-olds, but they are doing it with 18, 19, and 20-year-olds. How do you feel about that? Is that the way you want your tax dollars spent? Is that good education? Is that the right way for us to train up the next generation of leaders for our country? You might want to ask yourself that question. Well, as you know, In my article that was just published for The Washington Times, I talked about not only Oklahoma State University and its promotion of a drag queen story hour for two through eight-year-olds on its campus. I talked about other stuff, like Chicago public schools handing out condoms to all fifth-graders across the entire school district in Chicago now, because they want to make condoms available for students when they need them, quote-unquote. I talked about Arizona's Department of Education's promotion of books and research papers that claim that babies as young as three months old, I'll repeat that, three months old already harbor sexual biases that demand the state's intervention, quote-unquote. I talked about New York City's exemplary teacher, Justine Fonte, who's proudly defending the fact that she's been teaching first graders how to masturbate. Yeah, first graders in Manhattan, that's a priority for their curriculum and for their education. She's teaching them how to masturbate. And then she walks across the street, per se, to New York City's Columbia Grammar and Prep and teaches juniors in high school porn literacy. You know, I'm not making this stuff up. You've heard me talk about it repeatedly on this show. And then I mentioned to you the National Education Association's declaration in their last annual conference where they said this We resolve to develop a study to critique cis heteropatriarchy. Excuse me, cis heteropatriarchy. I mean, they make these words up and it's sometimes difficult to even say this garbage. It's hard for you to train your tongue to actually communicate the way these people are dumbing down the English language. Cis-heteropatriarchy is now being studied and critiqued, i.e. criticized, by the National Education Association. So what are they saying there? Well, it's like I told you yesterday. What they're telling you is that they're going to start studying and criticizing uh, two-parent families that are heterosexual with a mom and a dad raising their own children and with a father actually taking his responsibility to act like a dad and to be a strong leader in the household, training up his children in the way they should go so that when they are old, they will not depart from the faith, not depart from the values and the morality that a good father should be modeling before his children. Apparently that's a bad thing right now for the National Education Association, and I want to ask this question. Why? Why is it a bad thing? Well, we know why it's a bad thing, because they've embraced the neo-Marxist philosophy of critical theory. You can't have a Marxist revolution if you have strong families. You have to diminish all All authority other than the authority that is found in the state. And if the family is strong, then they represent a threat to the state. Likewise, if the church is strong, it represents a threat to the power of the state. I told you of Bartlesville Public Schools here in Northeast Oklahoma, my own backyard where they are openly promoting Toni Morrison's book, The Bluest Eye. And I've said it a thousand times on this show in various different programs. That book has a full-page, salacious description of a father raping his daughter. Now, that's a fact. I didn't want to read it. I don't want this garbage in my head, but I wanted to make sure that when I told people that that was in the book, that I was telling them the truth. All you need to do is Google it. You can Google Toni Morrison's book, salacious incestuous rape and you will be able to find that page you can read it i've actually challenged my opponents to post the page those people that are defending bartlesville public schools having this book in its library and telling its students to go check it out i've told people like that I challenge you, post that one-page description in Toni Morrison's book. Post it out there on Facebook. Put it out there in social media. I want you to defend it. I want you to tell other people to read it. I want you to stand by it and defend it. You know what? They won't do it. They won't do it. They won't post that particular page from that book out there for you to read it for good moms and dads to actually see what's being taught in our Bartlesville public schools. And the reason they won't do it is they're embarrassed. And secondarily, when they start posting this stuff out there that they're defending, they could be arrested for Internet pornography when they start posting some of this garbage out there. And they know it. They could have the FBI on their doorstep. And they should, because it's terrible. And then I told you about the fact that just last summer, I did a show, and I actually wrote an article where I disclosed that the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir actually put out a a video, a choral performance. Uh, I think it was on YouTube, may have been Rumble. I don't know where all it was. I know it was YouTube. I actually listened to it, and I wrote down the lyrics because I suspected that this thing might get taken down because there's going to be blowback. There's going to be repercussions against them because they were too bold, they were too honest, they were too forthright in, in this performance because in this performance, they actually said this, we'll convert your children. It happens bit by bit, subtly and quietly, and you will barely notice it. We'll convert your children. Yes, we will. There's really no escaping it. We'll convert your children. We're coming for them. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. We will convert your children. So I talked about all of this, and I wrote about it in my column for The Washington Times. I talked about the fact that Chris Rufo has disclosed that not only are they abusing your kids' hearts and minds and souls... But they're getting caught abusing their bodies, too, because Rufo has discovered that our own Department of Education has data that shows that 10%, 10% of K-12 students in America are victims of sexual misconduct at the hands of public school employees. And who might that be? Teachers you public school teachers. Now, I'm not saying that every teacher out there is abusing your kids. In fact, you've got a handful of good soldiers that are trying to blow the whistle on this garbage, and they're trying to function from within the belly of the beast to do something about it and protect your kids. You need to support those teachers and those principals, few though they may be. We need to champion their cause and make sure they feel supported. So when I say this stuff, On this show I'm not criticizing the good ones out there I'm saying that the good ones are few and far between and that there are a lot of people out there that are ignoring this stuff not saying anything about it and guess what you're not one of the good ones if you're not saying anything about this stuff silence in the face of evil is evil itself so if you're just keeping your head down and saying nothing about it because you want to protect your job I don't put you in the category of a hero I'd put you in the category of a coward. I'm sorry to say it that way, but you need to fight the fight. You need to speak up. You need to put your career at risk. I did when I was a university president. I didn't keep my mouth shut. I knew that it could receive a negative response when I spoke out about the flaws in my own industry and that I thought the ivory tower was crumbling. Did you th- do you think that maybe I'd get some criticism for saying that? I did it anyway. And educators need to have spine and courage and call call this stuff what it is. It's garbage, it's not good education, it's child abuse. It's not only mental child abuse, but it's physical child abuse because you have 10% of America's public school children K through 12 that are suffering Uh, Sexual misconduct at the hands of school employees, primarily teachers. 10%, by the way, as I said earlier, is 4.5 million children annually are suffering sexual abuse at the hands of school teachers. So I've talked about all this. What I've said thus far in the show is a repeat, but I want you to hear what one of my critics actually said, actually put it in writing to this column that I wrote for The Washington Times and which I've used as the pretext for this show, I want you to hear what my adversaries are saying. And it's as predictable as the sunrise, they're actually admitting it now. So let's take a break, and when I get back, I'm going to read for you a response, or maybe two, from a critic or critics who are saying that my article and my podcast and my radio show, all three venues where I'm trying to say the exact same thing, where I'm calling out education for being wrong rather than right when it comes to these issues, these issues of sexual identity and these issues of sexual morality and these issues of sexual grooming that are taking place in our schools, colleges and universities, high schools, junior highs, and even elementary schools. And in the case of Oklahoma State State University, they're even pushing it on two-year-olds to come and visit and enjoy a drag queen story hour at Oklahoma State University. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. All right, so uh, sorry for the repeat on all of that information that I shared with you up until the break. I know that if you listen to the show daily, or at least routinely, you might be saying, hey, we've covered that. I know, I know we've covered it. But it's important. Repetition, repetition, repetition. I want you to remember all of that stuff I just said. I want you to remember what Arizona's Department of Education is saying. I want you to remember what the Chicago school district's decisions have been. I want you to remember what's being taught in schools in New York City. I want you to remember this stuff. I want you to remember what Oklahoma State University is doing. I want you to consider and then remember... I want you to think about what's being done in Bartlesville public schools. Don't just ignore this stuff and move on to the next item of news. This stuff has to be confronted. Otherwise, the rest of the news, in a sense, is irrelevant. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but all the other stuff that's happening in our culture is happening because of this story. You're not going to have a healthy culture if we're teaching this garbage to 2-year-olds, to kindergartners, to first graders, second graders, third graders and seniors in high school, if it's pervasive across the entire curriculum, then you're going to have consequences in culture as a result of that curriculum. I mean, ideas have consequences. You can't teach garbage in your schools and avoiding uh, excuse me, and avoid having this garbage acted out in your culture, in your streets, in your communities, in your neighborhoods, even in your own living rooms, from your own family members, even in your own churches. I mean, we're seeing it even in the Supreme Court of the United States. We are appointing judges, justices, who actually buy this lie because we've taught this garbage So long that we've trained up people that are old enough to be justices of the Supreme Court that are perpetuating this deception. They've imbibed the Kool-Aid, and who gave it to them? Our public schools when they were young kids. All right, with that said, with that justification for me repeating myself a bit, I want to read to you the response of a guy who... Says his name is Robert Miller. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but he puts it out there publicly as a response to my column in the Washington Times, which was a review of everything I just shared with you. Okay? This is what he says I read the first part of this hate filled diatribe and could see how this person, he's referring to me, would have written similar articles about blacks or Jews or any other he hated. He puts other in quotation marks. I'm going to read that first sentence to you again, and then I'll read his paragraph where he tries to defend what he just said. All right, back to Robert Miller. In response to everything I've just shared with you, when I put it in writing in the context of a column, my weekly column, my weekly article, opinion piece for the Washington Times, which, by the way, Is published every Sunday afternoon online for The Washington Times, and then it comes out in print on Mondays for The Washington Times, the paper edition, in case you want to follow it. Just Google Washington Times, go to the menu bar across the top, and it will either say commentary or opinion. It uh, says one or the other in a couple different versions of their online app. So if you go to the top menu bar of the Washington Times and click on Commentary, or in some cases, depending on the app you use, it'll say Opinion. And then you just scroll down, and if you're doing so on the day that the article is published, you'll see my article front and center. If you're searching for it on a different day, a couple days late, for example... Just scroll down, you'll see the various different writers for the Washington Times, the opinion writers, and you'll see my name there. You can click on my name and then get not only my current article that's been published by them, but you can get all of the backlogged, archived issues of my articles, too. There's the promotion. So back to this guy's critique. I read the first part of this hate-filled diatribe, he said, and could see how this person, Everett Piper, would have written similar articles about blacks, or Jews, or any of the other, quote-unquote, that he hated. Just like being black, one cannot be groomed into becoming gay or transgendered. But you people don't care. It's about the hate of the other. Period. That's his first sentence. Now, these people don't know how to write, and often when they try to communicate, it's confusing. So you've got to go back and read it a second time and try to figure out what he's saying. So I'm going to read it for you, and then I'm going to help dissect it. Just like being black, one cannot be groomed into becoming gay or transgendered. But you people don't care. It's about the hate of the other, period. So he's saying that being gay or being Transgendered is like being black and you can't be groomed to be black, obviously, because that's who you are. That's what you are. That's the color of your skin. It's a biological fact. It's an innate, inherited characteristic of who you are as a human being. Now, I agree that being black or being Asian or being female is an inherited, innate, incontrovertible fact of who you are. It's part of your biological identity. This is science. And I agree that that is true. But he is equating that with being gay and being transgendered. And when I argue or others argue against grooming our children in gay and transgender and drag queen ideology... This guy is arguing that when I criticize the sexual grooming of elementary age kids, or any kids for that matter, when I'm criticizing this sexual grooming of our children, that it's akin to criticizing those that are black, or those that are Asian, or those that are Native, or those that are fill-in-the-blank. Those that actually have a biological identity those that are really black, those that are really female, those that are really Asian or native, he's equating trans and gay people to being the same. you get my point here? Now, here's the thing. This is a huge ontological error. This is what Rosaria Butterfield has called a Freudian categorical mistake. She draws it back to Freud and the fact that he is the one that actually opened up Pandora's box and taught the world that we're all defined by our desires, that it's our libido that is our Lord at the end of the day. Our libido is what governs us. And if you have a passion for it, then that's your personhood. If you have a desire, then that's your definition. If you have an inclination, then that's your identity. This is what Rosaria Butterfield has said is a Freudian categorical error. It's a mistake. We bought the lie, we drank the Kool-Aid, and now all of culture is Freudian, essentially, is what Rosaria Butterfield is suggesting, is suggesting and so is Carl Truman in his new book, The Rise of the Modern Self. In other words, the self is now defined by virtue of your subjective Passions, proclivities, inclinations, desires, your gut, your libido. What you want to do is who you are. And my critic here has completely bought that lie. And he's insulting black people and Asians and Native Americans and others, he, and females for that matter. He's insulting people that actually have a true marker a true biological marker, physiological marker, ontological marker that distinguishes them from other people. For example, you've got more melanin in your skin, therefore you are quote-unquote black, or you have less melanin in your skin and you therefore are Anglo, or you're genetically Asian or genetically native, or you're genetically female, or whatever the biological genetic facts are of your identity. It's a totally different animal than suggesting that your behavioral choices, your sexual choices, your sexual passions are somehow who you are. Now, you've heard me argue about this over and over again, but we've come to the point where we actually can't even criticize grooming young children any longer in a sexual nihilistic worldview That when we see people reaching out and grooming our children in drag queen story hours, grooming our children with LGBTQ ideology when they're in first, second, and third grade, when we criticize that like they did in Florida with the Florida Parental Rights in Education Bill, everybody comes unglued when you call it grooming. How dare you suggest that it's grooming? It's like suggesting that you could groom black people. No, it's not. It's not the same category. It's not the same category as being Anglo or Black or Asian or Native or female or male. These are all biological genetic realities. These are things that scientifically can't be disputed. There is no scientific, biological, or genetic reality to quote-unquote being gay or being trans. This is just a lie. There's no gene out there. They've never found one. These are behavioral adjectives. Like Gorvadal has said, there's no more such thing as a heterosexual person than there is a homosexual person. And I'll parenthetically add, trans or gay, LGBTQIA person. Gorvadal said it. He said there's no more such thing as a heterosexual person than a homosexual person. And then he went on to say these are behavioral adjectives. Now, Gore had it right. Don't agree with hardly anything the man did in his life or said in his life other than that. But he had that one right because at least he acknowledged that human identity is different than human behavior. That behavioral adjectives don't define the individual. They don't define the individual in the same way that blackness or whiteness or female or male or Asian or native or any other Genetic category defines the human being. This guy is suggesting that by criticizing the sexual grooming of our children, that I am guilty of a hate-filled diatribe, and that what I'm saying would be akin to the KKK saying things about blacks or Jews or any of the other that they hated. This is very dangerous territory for us to go into. He actually suggests this. I want you to hear what he's saying in the last couple minutes of the show. He says, now read the first anecdote that I bring up about the University of Oklahoma and its drag queen story hour, and then replace everything with elements of Irish culture. And it would be a way of educating people about being Irish, having children dress in typical Irish clothing. And then it is something positive about breaking down barriers and educating people. Do you see what he's doing? He's saying that the drag queen story hour for two year olds at Oklahoma State University would be the same exact thing as educating two year olds about Irish culture, Irish dress, and Irish ways of living. If you're Irish right now and listening to me, you should be hugely offended because being Irish is a fact. Again, it's where you're from, it's in your DNA. It's genetic, it's biological, it's a scientific fact. And to suggest that those who dress and drag and culturally appropriate something unto themselves that isn't real would be the same thing as me going around and pretending to be Irish. I'm not Irish, and I have no right to appropriate Irish culture unto myself any more than I have the right to appropriate Mexican culture, Spanish culture, French culture. Or a woman's culture unto myself. It's not factual. That's not who I am. And to call people out for suggesting otherwise is not hate-filled, and it's not a diatribe, and it's not akin to anti-Semitism. This guy is off his rocker. He's nuts. He's equating my criticism of sexually grooming our youngest children with anti-Semitism and with racism. With Nazism. With the Third Reich. This is very, very dangerous territory for us to to be in, and we're there because of the terrible ideas we're teaching to our kids. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.